Wusa, Doug. Wusa. What? Wusa. You never heard Wusa? Wusa? No. It's like relax. What is that I from? think it's like relax. Is it from The Lion King? That's what it sounds like. That's a Kuna Matata. Okay. Where no is Usa from? Because it I is don't. a cartoon Disney movie. Is it? Yeah, where they pick him up and they're like Usa, and they turn him like this. I the Lion very King. vividly remember. Is that what it is? Who does it? I don't know. I've never seen The Lion King. Are you what? serious? Yeah, are you serious? <laughs> you probably get that reaction all the time. <laughs> I knew Have you seen out. any <laughs> of them? No. Any of the Lion Kings? Well, yeah. There's like one, two, one and a half, three. No. One and a half. Yeah, one and a half is one, but through Tim. I like I like Lilo and Stitch. Clearly, I've seen all of them. That's a good one. Yeah, (laughs) Lilo and Stitch is really good. I like Mulan. Interesting. Mulan is also. I did. I've I've watched like, it's one of my early memories. Like before I had a conscious like awareness, I do remember watching The Lion King. Sure. Scaring me, but like. No, is I it haven't watched of it. Because the dad dying in uh-huh. it, yeah, and yeah. all the wildebeests and stuff. Yeah. It's absolutely. Well, I had no conception of death, really. Right. You know, like. Well, that's how all of those like movies are for kids, though. Like they always have to go through a tragedy, in all of the movies. I was always thinking, like, why can't they just make one kids movie where it's just happy the whole time, right? Like, how would you teach your kid about resilience? Well, I and I get that, <laughs> and they're to teach you something, right? Like perseverance, resilience, all that, right? How to overcome tragedy. I understand, but eh, I don't I feel know. Like it might be I nice think... for there to be some just like happy movies out there, you know? Well. <laughs> yeah, I think the real point of the movies is just to make Disney money. But well, yeah. The writers probably have. I don't think it was. You know what I mean? Like, it is absolutely an algorithm now. But I really don't think... Things did not used to be as brutal as they are now. As far as just, like, profit motive and stuff, you know? Like, I think there were actually creative people that wanted to, like, make cool things and stuff. And now it just doesn't exist, I don't think. podcast put on by guiding light i'm debbie we have doug and our guest today tori there you go <laughs> returning guest yes, returning. Returning. also first time that uh men have outnumbered women Ooh. On the you podcast. mean women have outnumbered men R- right yeah <laughs> not definitely not the first time for that no. first time i'm outnumbered this is a dang guiding this light podcast time, yeah. history mm-hmm. yeah because the last time you were here Daniel was yes. also here. The teams even. were even. Yeah, so then it was even. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. It is the first time. Yep. Sorry, Doug. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're it's passing the Bechdel him. test here. <laughs> no, wouldn't we not be because you're here? I don't know. I, I, I know that we're... No. As long as you two have a conversation about something that doesn't have to do with me, which you already have, then you that's pass true. the Bechdel test. Yeah. But or any wedding men. dress. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Although, wouldn't that kind of, depending on how you look at it, I have to do there's that. a groom. That's true. I don't know. It's well, a bad I joke. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. It led to some food for thought. I'd have to look into that. I've never really paid that much attention to the Bechdel test. I've never I've heard, heard of that before. It's true. Clearly. I, I just, I don't know. Well, I'm not into like film or anything either, so I don't know why I would have. Because isn't that like pretty specifically a niche like thing in film? Mm-hmm. I think it came out of film theory Yeah. where somebody noticed one day like, oh, women are only in, in movies to like 
push the plot along for that. I'm not going to get in it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Yeah. I no, like it's, learning about yeah, stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah. How you can even like a ton of movies today. It, the Bechdel test is simply if you have two or more women talk about something that doesn't have to do with a man and you'd be like amazed how many movies actually don't pass that. Like even today. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm going to be looking out for that every movie I watch. Mm-hmm. I know. No. I remember the first time I learned about the Bechdel test. I didn't think about it all the time, and then it kind of slowly started slipping off until I just didn't think about it ever at all. This anymore. is the first time I've ever heard about it, so. Hmm. I think they've talked about it. Well, I took a women's studies class, oh, okay. which is where it came yeah. up. Rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking I guess of women. speaking of women, right? <laughs> I yeah. know. I, we're missing our segue man today. Daniel is always so really so good at the like segues, yep. but speaking of women, you're here to talk about a women's program. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um so Guiding Light, uh known for their men's uh mm-hmm. treatment program, uh has recently just opened two women's sober houses in the Grand Rapids area. Um, which is really exciting. Um, I have a question. You have, you have, a, you question? have a question? Yeah, can I stop for a second? Yeah. Are you, can you cut this out? Yeah, sure. How much am I allowed to talk about the women's treatment? Like, um, uh, like, do I talk about how they're looking to do a treatment center? Don't even bring that up. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you can talk about that. Okay, I just don't know Anything what's that would be public, public and what's private mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. What what do you think would be private? Well, I didn't like. I know they're working on the treatment center program, but like yeah. within the facility. But I don't know if it's like public information that they're. Mm-hmm. I no, mean, I feel I, like I it's can tell you from obvious. the press releases that I wrote that we're <laughs> okay. We're you're being, promoting it. We're being very explicit about the fact that yeah, we've opened a couple sober houses for women, but okay. with the intention of creating a. Okay. It's pretty hard not to infer that that's program. the goal. I know. Too. I just, like, it's hard not to know. Yeah. Why would you do that if you weren't planning on it? I'm going to leave this in. This is pretty good. This but. is fun. <laughs> like, yeah. This is a great moment. Like marketing. marketing so, man. yes, two women sober houses, which <laughs> is just the beginning of uh, guiding, like getting into women's recovery with the Women's mm-hmm. Treatment Center. Um, so it's really exciting. We have a couple women living in the first house right now. Um, and it's a really cool experience. Can you get a little closer to the microphone? Yeah. I'm um, nervous. I don't know what to say. It's, <laughs> well, how did, um, how did you, so you live at one of the spots oh, right now. Yeah. So I'm still working full time, but I am working with Brian and with Guiding Light and I moved in as the house manager. So I will be there just kind of like looking after the women, you know, making sure they're doing um, what they need to do, like what's required of them to live there, you know, like right. there's- Anybody who knows about sober living housing, like knows yeah. about- Yeah, there's some sort there's of- somebody who's, There's somebody yeah. who lives there who, you know, yeah. has to- Even not in sober living, you, like dorm. Oh yeah, right. You yeah. know, like yeah. if you've or, ever um, lived in a dorm in college, you have a residence mm-hmm. hall, advisor yeah or co-ops or yeah Yeah. there's always got to be somebody who's keeping track of (laughs) is everything man it like running smoothly and going the way it's supposed to go yeah Yeah. and and i've lived in plenty of sober houses so um i kind of have like a little relatability to the women and understanding and i know what they try and get away with too you (laughs) know what i mean (laughs) i know all the ins and outs of it so i have a lot of personal experience but it's really 
uh, really cool that I'm like on the other side of things today when we had our first intake and I was sitting on like this side of the desk right. and they're yeah, over yeah. there. It was like such a surreal moment for me because it just brought me back to like the first sober house I went to with my mom sitting there with me. You know what I mean? Ugh. And I know. And just oh, like <laughs> how I fell and well, I mean, usually after 30 days, some you're either on top of the world because you feel a lot better. Right. Or like yeah. you're still like down in the dumps. One way or another, you're in friggin la la land yeah, yeah yeah so you know um but it was really a surreal moment um and then you know we bring them back to the house after we get everything settled over here uh for intake and everything and um and they get settled and they just kind of do their thing and i look after them you know what i mean like they got to go to meetings um sponsors are required chores um pretty much just like kind of like guiding light it's just about doing something different you know mm -hmm. being a different person becoming a different person um how do you think it's different than like sober houses you've lived you've lived in before oh is it at all i mean i don't know I, I think it is absolutely i've never lived in a sober house this nice like i've never lived in a, a house this nice period let alone right. a, a sober house or not it's beautiful it's in a great area with a great walking like district um it's a really amazing environment for someone to come into and just like center themselves and try to like better themselves. You know, it's like a calming house. It's, it's, there's plenty of space. Like it'll hold, mm -hmm. I think, uh, eight women, which is, you know, I've lived in sober houses with 16. Right. Um, which is like a little, a little too many to, yeah. you know, it's like it's, it's good to have people around you to hold you accountable, mm -hmm. but you also need that space of your own to like relax a little bit and yeah. have some privacy, you know? Um, well, it's always amazing to me how much of like, at least, I mean, this is my own opinion. This does not reflect the organization of Guiding Light or anything <laughs> like that, but it's just like, like I sponsor guys who are in and out of the sober houses around Grand Rapids, and it's like so many of them seem like they're just a racket. Yeah, well, like, just yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I when I went when I got out of treatment a couple of years ago, and I came to Grand Rapids for the first time, my case manager when I was looking for a sober house was like, "Well, I don't want to send you here." But if this one's not open, that's the only option. Like that's pretty yeah. bad if your case manager's like, "You don't want to go here." Right. Yeah. But it's one of your only options, right? So yeah. this opens a whole new option for women getting out of treatment, which I think is like a necessity because there's always kind of been a little bit more resources for men than there have been for women mm -hmm. when it comes to recovery. And that's just because back when, you know, I don't know what year recovery started, but back like when AA it all started, and yeah, like yeah. AA and no, stuff. That, you're definitely right. It was primarily men yeah. that were- It was were seen as a men's getting, problem. Yeah, really, absolutely. And so like- the women are trying, like the resources for women are slowly catching up. So yeah. I think it's really a amazing thing that Guiding Light is now focusing on women because we don't have as many resources. I as hope so. Do. There's I mean, definitely like, a gap. Yeah. I think sometimes like I've worked in like shelter programming for like people leaving domestic violence mm -hmm. and sexual abuse and that kind of thing. And I think what happens sometimes is that people just kind of say, 
well, most of the people who are in recovery have experienced some sort of trauma. So then it just becomes like, we'll just go to that shelter. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really work. Right. Because in practice, some of those shelters have really strict requirements about who they're allowed to help. Yeah. So sometimes it's like you have to be actively in a domestic situation yeah. that you are leaving now. Mm -hmm. It's not always that it's anybody like there are some shelter programs where it's if you've ever experienced it, you can come yeah. here. Sometimes it's not like that. It yeah. gets very strict and narrow and then if you're a person who maybe your addiction is a function of trauma a trauma response mm -hmm. but you're not actively in trauma right now then where do you go right there's like there's this huge gap of people who where yeah. can they get assistance or help and even if you have experienced trauma, sometimes you need the recovery focus, yeah. you know, like maybe you've worked through a lot of the trauma and the, the trauma specifically is like not the current issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it's so different for people or just they're not ready to work on the trauma yet. They want to work on this part first, right. you know, right. like maybe they need to get that part stabilized before they, they can, can really dive in on it yeah i was having a conversation with like a, a clinician actually talking about the the conversation was about opening a women's recovery treatment program just like the one we have here already for men and one of the things like people have a right to go to rehab and not make it you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or people have a, a right to like try to get sober. I said fail. She kind of pushed back on me yeah. for saying that. We, but we don't like using anyway, the word fail. <laughs> but, but people should be able to, go, like I did. I had, luckily I had the resources available to me to go to rehab and fail and not stay sober. And yeah. like, that's part of the journey. You know what I mean? You shouldn't yeah. have to like mortgage your life on one shot. You know, yeah. and people, you know, people deserve to have that men and women. Well, I think it's also like to your point, Tori, about how nice the house is. Like, I think sometimes there's a lot of pushback and we see this with people in the unhoused community too, like people who are seeking shelter <laughs> and this idea that like, well, why would they deserve anything nice? You know, it's better than a tent. So yeah. it's good enough. And it's like, yeah. but that doesn't give you any sort of motivation yeah. or like encourage you to actually yeah. want to do better. You know better. what's weird is you specifically say that and how and this is just a comment on how ingrained that thought is when you talked about when you were talking about how nice it is my instinct was like uh, don't say that <laughs> because right, careful it was me per well me <laughs> yeah. personally i'm like I'm, like i i don't know there's a part in me that is still like socially conditioned to be like well, they don't deserve that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't actually feel that way, but like no. there's like. It's shifting, yeah. but it's definitely like people, what people deserve is a conversation that we shouldn't have to have in this context. Right. But it's such a huge part of this whole conversation because there are going to be people that are like, well, why wouldn't you just focus on the bare minimum and help more people yeah. instead of focusing on having a place that's really nice that yeah. makes people feel good about going, you know, like, yeah, but I mean, and, and, and that's just the, the physical aspects of the house, right? Like when I say it's really, nice, I mean, if you put someone in, if you cram 15 people in anywhere smaller house yeah. anywhere yeah. right like they're gonna feel like that's what they're worth right yeah they're not gonna feel like they're worth doing better or being better or yeah. acting better well, yeah you can't get sober and then be expected to still keep living like a junkie right you know like Ugh. and that's so yeah. much of like that's so much of like what sober housing is you know yeah and this house definitely i think women coming into it will feel a lot more self-worth 
cool. Yeah. And I love that. yeah. And it'll make them really want like motivated. I think you used that word earlier, motivated mm-hmm. to better themselves. It'll it'll give them that little push, like, okay, like, you know. Well, when you can like look around and feel good yeah. about the place that you're in, that does start to leak into how you feel about yourself. Yeah. We know that. There's mm-hmm tons of bodies of research that prove that when we are in environments that make us feel good, Mm -hmm. we can start to feel better about ourselves Mm -hmm. in relation. And the unfortunate part is that the research is not catching up with practice yet. Slowly, slowly but surely we're getting to a point where we're actually recognizing this. But I mean, even in, there have been times in my own life, like we just started redoing our house. We've lived in it for It'll be six years in June that we've lived in our house. And it's only been in the last two years, I think, that we've really started like, and I don't mean like knocking, we're not knocking down walls. We're painting walls. Yeah. <laughs> like the, everything was brown and we started like painting it to reflect us. Yeah. And it was amazing. Right. The first summer, like we painted like two rooms and now like waking up in a room that's not, it used to be Barney purple. Oof. Like my bedroom That's was disgusting. Barney purple. It was awful. <laughs> and it's now this like beautiful neutral gray color. Yeah. And it feels so much better waking up in that. I know not everybody is going to love that, but I love it. I it's yeah. I picked you take out more the pride in yourself yeah. and, in, and where you're staying. Yeah. You like wake up and you look around and you're like, I feel good about this space. Yeah. And now I can actually start to shift some things in me yeah. and look through some of the cobwebby parts of my brain that yeah. I don't like going to sometimes. Yeah. But it like it gets you moving in a different direction, mm-hmm. even just your physical environment. Yeah. So it's really important that yeah. we have that. Yeah, and and so that's the physical aspect of it. And then the recovery aspect is, you know, they're going to have a lot of tools coming from the original Guiding Light program that the women will be able to utilize, right? Like after being there a certain amount of time, um, like spiritual advisors will be available, therapists will be available. Um, I didn't know that. Well, it's it's on the guidelines, so... I don't know. It's not in the guidelines? It is. Oh, it is? But I wonder if they changed it. No. They probably haven't. It's just there's only two people and they just got there like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's not mandatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not mandatory. It's if they want that. Right. Right. Then guiding light will help. Yeah. Um that's actually really cool. And then we're gonna try and be more of like a community and like a family almost. Then which is the other benefit to having eight people in the house yeah 27 Mm -hmm. or whatever (laughs) yeah we're gonna like try and do some like you know i'm gonna be having a house meeting every sunday night and Mm -hmm. where we just i just check in with the women and just kind of see how their week went what their goals for are the next week and um within time we'll turn that into like a dinner before the house meeting and then Mm -hmm. we'll have like an impromptu like aa or na meeting afterwards and then you know maybe we'll eventually do one during the week as well where you can like bring people like Mm -hmm. sober supports and so you know these are all ideas that we have to really make the women feel like they're part of a community yeah i know a sober house i lived in it was more like that um the people held each other accountable cared about each other kind of um you could tell the person cared about the people and it made me feel so much better than just being a number and like being a dollar sign to somebody you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different kind of sober houses out there and i felt like a dollar sign a lot of times yeah um like i would 
no one cared if I stayed clean. No one really, you know what I mean? It's just, I was just. As long as the just rent Just don't let us find paid. out. Oh, yeah. That's what, the, that's what they would say. <laughs> right. Just don't let us find out. As long as your rent's paid and we don't oh, yeah, find yeah, out yeah. that you're using, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I got I high. I can in, see how, I got high how in, you got that. I got high in every single sober house I lived in personally, except yeah. for the last one because I'm clean today. But, um, you know, but none of them were like this. Yeah. You know, none. The first client we brought in, like her, her and her mom walking through were just like, really, you could tell that like they were happy where she ended, like where their daughter ended up. And she was really worried about her dropping her off. And by the time she left, she sent me a really nice text message, like saying she was a lot less worried because she knows that like it's nice for her to have somebody that cares about her daughter there. And I just met her. You know what I mean? So that was that felt really good. And, you know, not only rehelping these women, but it helps me in return. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really honored to be able to be in the house with these women and really try and help like lift them up and. You know, I have a lot of real life experience and it's really nice to be able to share that. You know, and I think it's nice them being in a house with someone who knows that like I can relate to them. Right. And I I went through a lot of the things they're going through. And so like say if I see somebody falling back into old behaviors, like I can spot it Mm -hmm. because either I've been there and I've done it or I've just been kind of learning enough in my own journey where it's easier for me to spot it now that I'm clean and I can sit there and have like a firm but compassionate conversation with them. I was going to say compassion is the name yes. of that game. Like yeah. being able to say like, no, I get it. I yeah. understand how hard it is mm-hmm. to continue to do things differently. Like I might not get your journey specifically yeah. because everybody has their own. But being able to say like, I, it, I'm i not just coming down on you because you're breaking a rule or you're doing something differently. Yeah. But like I actually I get how difficult this is yeah. for you and how can I support you to mm-hmm. like get you back to the point where you're doing things differently than you were before? Yeah. And women are coming from all over the state, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they might not be familiar with the Grand Rapids area. Um, and I know what that feels like too. Like I had to move from Connecticut to get clean. So it's really nice for them to be able to move into this house and like already have a few women yeah. that they can connect to and like help them introduce them into the community. Like yeah. someone that might already know the area or whatever. It's like, that's a really awesome part about it is being close with these women so you don't feel so alone and isolated yeah. when you move out here. And lost. Yeah. I moved from a very small town and my first weeks in Grand Rapids felt like I know everybody laughs at me when I say this is a big city. I say it's a big city yeah. too, so don't worry. Everybody from West Michigan is like, Ugh. this is not that big. And I'm like, I hear you. It's huge. But when you graduated <laughs> with seventy six people, right. this is big. It's yeah. Big. Like it's big to me. Yeah, it's big to me too. I I never even heard of like roads based off like numbers, like eight, <laughs> eight nine, like whatever they are, like 44th, 50s. They're like the yeah. closer you get to downtown, the lower the number yeah. or whatever. And that's that just means there's how many roads there are that they like oh, yeah. number them. And it's just, it's just crazy to me that, and I'm not used to, okay, you're going to have to help me out with this because I'm still learning it. But So there's Grand Rapids, but then there's what within it? So there's like Kentwood and Wyoming. Oh, yeah. All Wyoming. the different cities that are within. Cause there's yeah, there's just, I mean, there's Grand Rapids and then there's a bunch of cities around it. Well, but aren't good. they in Grand Rapids it's technically? Grand Rapids mm-hmm. Metro is like the bigger grouping of cities around. They're is not that in what Metro gr- means? But I in think so. Grand Rapids, there's East Grand Rapids. There's yeah. There's neighborhoods, yeah. Whatever, whatever, but that's whatever. An we didn't city. have that. I never. Is it? 
Yeah, East Grand Rapids oh. is its own city. I don't know what I was talking about then. Well, no, like there's so a lot of there's a lot of things that make up what you would call yeah. Grand Rapids. Well, because yeah. that's like you have East Town is a neighborhood, not a city, but right. East Grand Rapids is its own city. Oh. Wyoming well, that's is what its I'm own city. Me with. Oh, yeah. I thought because there's East Town and then there's like uh, West the, Town. Uptown. South West town. side. But see, that's what I mean. All West those little north. things within yeah. a city. Like I had never heard about that before. The city's oh, just yeah. the city. Like our capital city, Hartford was just Hartford, right? Yeah. Like there wasn't a bunch of little cities within the cities. That's I think how that's big. what makes Grand Rapids such a weird place to yeah. move to because original like you call everything over here Grand Rapids. Yeah. But like it's because all these little cities like Kentwood and Wyoming grew like they spread out and then they all just merged together. Yeah. So like for my where I live, I live on the edge of Wyoming, Cutlerville <laughs> and Grand Rapids. So when I put my zip code and my address into things and they do like that auto complete yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. thing, it will sometimes come up as Wyoming, yeah. sometimes Kentwood or uh, Cutlerville and sometimes yeah. Grand Rapids just okay. because my address is like awkwardly right in the middle of all of it. And and I'm in the Kellogg'sville school district, which is also weird. So sometimes it'll come up as Kellogg's. Well, make sure when you file your taxes, you don't put Grand Rapids because you don't have to pay city tax. Yeah, that's true. Oh. That's the only yeah. the, the only place where it really matters to me yeah, is taxes. taxes. But any any other time, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I could live in Wyoming. I could live in Grand Rapids. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's it is weird if you like are trying to tell people where something is, and you're like, oh, it's over in East Town, and they're yeah. like, I try to look for East Town, Michigan, yeah. and I'm like, well. <laughs> Is a yeah. neighborhood. It's not a real city. So that that aspect was just new to me. So I mean, but I get it. This is the biggest city I've ever lived into. Yeah. So um, but yeah, you don't know where any of these women are coming from. So, um, that's... and you guys are still taking people, right? Yes. You're not full. No, we are not. Um, and it's free. No. No, not it's not free. Okay. No. <laughs> the that's program. Why I asked. It's affordable. Yeah, okay. I don't know how much yeah. it is specifically, but oh. I th I believe the women's program will just be like the men's program when they get right, it right. going, and that will be free for women. Right, the um, the then, downtown part. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's then true. eventually these houses will be like Iron House. They will be the houses yeah. the women from the program that graduate go to live in. Right. So That's the whole true. The whole point of us buying these houses and starting um, opening sober living for women is because yeah, it's our gateway into eventually creating a free inpatient substance abuse recovery program for women because mm -hmm. we have one for men. Yes. Um, which that's the part that's, free. which is the one that I went yes. to. Um, and I, I lived down here for four months and then I found a job and I stayed working here for two more months. And then I moved to iron house, which is the sober living, like where Tori's at right now, but dedicated for men. We've been doing that for like nine years and mm -hmm. people ask all the time. It's like, well, this is, you know, this is a thing that you do here. Why don't you also do it for women? And I, I'm very glad that we've decided to start looking into doing that and becoming dedicated as an organization to um, tackling being being an organization that provides substance abuse treatment to people at no financial cost. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think that's huge. I'm very happy to be a part of it. And um. How do you feel about that, Tori? Do you do you have any desire to be involved with like a, a dedicated women's recovery program, like oh, yeah. the residential yeah. part? Yeah, I yeah. think that's the ultimate goal. Cool. Um, Ooh. I I found out about Guiding Light. Um, gosh, I think it was through Mark um, when I met Mark, and 
he just kind of told me about the program. Um, and then I started coming to like some events and stuff like that. And um, I just thought it was so amazing that first of all, it was free, right? Like yeah. what addict coming off the street has any money to pay for treatment, right? right? Yeah. You know what Let I mean? Let alone $10,000, right? 20000 know. So I thought that was really amazing, the chance that they gave everybody to come in and get clean. And mm -hmm. then the four months is so crucial, right? Yeah. 30 right. days is barely anything mm -hmm. to be off the no, streets. never worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the four months is just like really the next best thing for them. And then that they work with people to get a job. They allow them some time to save money. Then they move them out to their own sober living. And like the whole yeah. process mm -hmm. I think is really amazing. And so I just kind of like really appreciated Guiding Light once I found out what it was. And then when I heard they had the women's thing kind of in the works, I like really wanted to get involved. Yeah. Because what's the next thing you do or I'm going to do when I recover, right? I'm going to help the next suffering yeah. addict, right? Like that's what I'm, you know, I used to struggle with purpose. And I think like nowadays, like that's partially part of my purpose is just to help the next person like somebody did for me. Yeah. Especially women, you know, we we can beat each other down in our addiction. You know what I yeah. mean? Because it's it's a selfish disease, right? Like we need to do what we have to do for ourselves. And so I can't say I was the nicest to other women in my addiction. So this is the time for us to lift each other up and really support each other and help each other. And so when the opportunity arose to be the house manager, um, I didn't say yes right away. It's, it's a big... I, you know, I've built my own life in recovery. Yeah, you where, would be a fool if you did. Yeah, <laughs> where I was very comfortable, you know. I yeah. had my my yeah. place, and I'm not saying it was the nicest place or in the nicest situation, but it was mine. And, like, yeah. I paid my rent, and I went to work, and I'm able to go and do whatever I want without yeah. anybody, like, needing permission or whatever. Like, I paid my dues in sober houses and that kind of thing. So um, it, it took a bit, but... You know, ultimately, it's temporary. Um, and my goal is to help in the treatment center. So the best way I can help now is to be there for the women now in the sober house. So eventually yeah. I said yes and uh, moved in. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, we're looking at buying a building. Yeah. Uh, we need staff. So there's one. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, that's it's going to be it's going to be quite an undertaking to build that from the ground up. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I think is, that's why they did the sober houses first because right. they wanted to start helping women right away and right. they knew that that was going to be a process. So this was yeah. a way to start helping women in yeah. the meantime. I think another thing is that it, it helps us to see because the men's recovery program has evolved over like nine years, yeah. like literally yeah. evolved from mm -hmm. it being initially, from what I understand, a pretty heavily faith-based thing mm -hmm. to what it is now, which is a much more holistic, um, I would say spiritually based or whatever. I mean, yeah. in the same vein that 12-step stuff is. Um, but but uh, it tackles a lot of different but parts. Like, yeah, I got like professional of, yeah. therapy. Like yeah. I got all sorts of like really important, like real life skills and stuff like that that mm -hmm. you know and not just being i shouldn't say this but i mean you know not just being forced to read a bible and stuff like that yeah. like i hear about a lot of <laughs> yeah yeah other similar programs well it's just to like a more or have to work and not program, be paid you know? And, you know like there's i don't know like there's that but there's also other options if you're yeah. interested in yeah. learning and i'll and I'll, I'll say right here i mean spirituality my me finding my own sense of spirituality has been the most important yeah. part of my recovery but certainly yeah. not the only thing 
Yeah. Which I think that's, that's the important thing. Like yeah. being able to tackle kind of like what we were talking about with like trauma intertwined mm -hmm. with addiction and recovery. Like they're, all of these things are like spaghetti. Yeah. They're all like mashed up together. You can't separate them out easily. So being able to kind of work on all of them in conjunction in a very holistic way is really important. And I think kind of what you started with to say, Doug, I agree with like having women in the sober houses allows them to start to see what parts of the men's program they can use and right. what parts maybe they need yeah. to yeah. shift. You're because, definitely not going to be able to just transplant right. it. You it's know? not going to be the, the things women are dealing with are going to be similar and different yeah. and mm -hmm. there's going to be some things that are going to have to grow, yeah. but this gives them a really great like case study that's on yes. the ground right now of people that they can talk to right. who what is working have for been, you. yeah, like yeah. in and out of recovery programming or maybe Maybe this is kind of their first attempt, but all of those women are going to be able to help tell them these are the things that have been missing. These are the things that worked really well and they're going to be right here Yeah. instead of trying to like the worst things that I think sometimes nonprofits in general do or programs do is say, okay, here's this clinical research. Right. We're going to take that and just say like, that's what works. And it's yeah. like, okay, kind of, yeah. but that was a very specific situation and yeah. you can't directly yeah. take research and say we're going to make this yeah. happen well we've had the advantage of evolving over such a long yeah. time to where you know we figured out oh this works this doesn't work this works this doesn't work mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's we're continually evolving yeah so like starting something from the ground up and just expecting it to be as relatively successful as the men's recovery program has turned into mm -hmm. um is quite a tall order well and that's kind of like with the sober houses we're being honest with them and saying you know this is new to us yeah right yeah. like that so. transparency yeah. this is new things might change things might yeah. not change but we're still learning and you know you're some of our first clients and just you're going to be a part of that yeah, growth. yeah. feedback yes <laughs> feedback absolutely. is important and I, but i think that transparency is really important yeah um i don't think acting like you got it all figured out always works out right because then yeah. people are more willing to work with you and be honest and open with you about like what's working totally. for them and what's not yeah you know um so yeah i think we'll get a lot of really good feedback from the women in there and you know i i check in with them all the time i especially um their first you know couple weeks or so i think it's important mm -hmm. to touch base with them every day and just you know see how they've been doing making sure they're going to meetings and stuff it's very important i on my days off i bring them to meetings i i think i'm bringing one one of the women to the gym with me on thursday you know like anytime i'm going somewhere i offer so like there's if they don't have a vehicle like there's women at the house that do offer to help them get around and like that's a really other cool part of like being with those women is the resources you know if you have to get to the store and someone's going yeah. like blah, blah blah it's it's better than just kind of like being on your own and what is it the 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 benefit of one addict helping another is without parallel yes is that how it goes did i get it right i think so i think that's what it is i believe so i know that the therapeutic I, value. I certainly got the spirit of it right it's but the yes. therapeutic value of one addict yes. helping another i mean there's a huge parallel. kickback like there. <laughs> Anytime you're in any sort of like peer role with somebody, like mm -hmm. there is a kickback to it helping you. Oh yeah. 
like that's the big argument in philosophy when they talk about altruism like is altruism actually right. possible because there is always a kickback for you that oh, yeah. when you're helping someone else you are getting something out of it whether it's feeling good or you know they do say the best way to like reinforce anything you've learned is to teach it to another person mm -hmm. it moves it to another part of your brain it like reinforces the lesson it helps with practice like it's such an important part of all of this you yeah. know but i think as long as that kickback is a positive one yeah. right like because addicts can be selfish and have agendas right like we always have wheels turning in the back with like what can i get out of this right mm -hmm. but like today what i can get out of it is the yeah. sense of feeling like i helped somebody an accomplishment yeah and not like greed or you know something malicious you know so I think I think it's always there that yeah there's yeah. like that kickback but it's what kind yeah so yeah there's uh, a shift where I I notice this in me where it's like I'm not lying to people like I used to and I'm not like manipulating people like I used to not necessarily out of like a fear of karma because that's definitely what it was in early recovery <laughs> where it's just like this is. I'm on like, I'm, th I'm on thin ice right now. So I better not do anything to upset the, the universal order. You know what I mean? All right. And now it's just kind of like, oh no, I shouldn't lie to this person because I, I shouldn't do it. Is it because I'm becoming a good person? You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm becoming, actually becoming a better person, which is yeah. such a weird, I mean, such a weird realization to start coming to yeah you know because it's like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to tell this person that i lied to them or i manipulated them yeah. or i did this thing mm -hmm. and because i'm not gonna let it eat me up because it will unfortunately yeah. now you know what i mean like i can't excuse me i can't <laughs> 46 minutes um i can't say that like like I, I can't do something that I am morally conflicted with because it'll like stick with me and I know that it was wrong. Yeah. I know exactly that how didn't you used feel. to be there. Those yeah. morals and values come back, right? Like there was a situation I had and I and I kind of feel like it has exactly to do with like what Doug was just talking about where I did something and I knew it was wrong and the guilt and it was so minor. Yeah. Right. Um so there was I was shopping and there was items on sale. Yeah. And I noticed on the tag that it was supposed to be on sale for $17.99. And one of them was mismarked to $7.99. And I knew it was wrong. Right. So I took the one that had the $7.99. Right. This is so minor. Yeah. But yeah. like, and then I paid for it. Everything went home. Like, told Mark I got, oh, look what I got on sale. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, bragged about it. Yeah. yeah. And then the next day I had to tell him myself because the guilt that I Did felt. Did you return it? No. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> well, good for you. No. <laughs> no, I, I don't think no, you should. because the thing with that too is like that's a retail thing. And also just a note for you because I've worked in retail a lot. If you had left that, somebody else could have taken multiples of those yeah. and used that tag to get all of them for $7.99. Yeah. And like, a well, lot of I mean, resellers not, should do justify that. it. But, <laughs> I'm just but, saying. But I think... I but mean, I know what you mean. Like, you I think start you made to, the right call, though. Yeah, you start to... But it, the point of it was... You have to was, to tell on yourself. You, is you, yeah. you start to feel that guilt when you do yeah. something wrong and it's like you can't sit with yourself anymore, yeah. right? Like, it's not just like, oh, it's a bad thing. It's like, no, I like legit can't sit with myself anymore yeah. knowing that i did that <laughs> my my parents bought me a vacuum for christmas <laughs> and my dad asked me if i had used it yet because he wanted to know 
how it works. And I said I did. And you did. And I didn't. <laughs> and it did. still bothers me that I, I didn't like, I didn't tell him, you know what I mean? But I'm just like, oh, that's weird. That's a little minor lie that I can't even get away with that anymore no. up here, you know? That's so interesting. Yeah. See, sometimes I, as a coach, <laughs> sucks. Struggle <laughs> with that because people will struggle with boundaries for that reason. Like, oh, if I don't, if I don't give to this person, it's like you don't have anything left to give. I need you to say no. Yeah. <laughs> so like, right. but then with the lying thing specifically, like, you you don't have to lie. You can just tell somebody like, I don't have the energy or I don't have the capacity to do more, and then that ends up like could you lie and achieve the same end goal? Sure. Mm, yeah. Like, you know, oh, I'm busy that day, so I can't make it. Mm -hmm. When really you're not busy, yeah. you just need to rest. Yeah. Well, I do that but all like, the time still. Yeah. And I, I think that that's fine, but you could also be honest and say like, I need no, rest. I need to rest. Yeah. And yeah. that also has the, the kickback of teaching that person yeah. that they yeah. get to also say, no, I need to rest. I've been, and, I, I think I've been getting better at that. I think I've been yeah. saying like, I hope so. Are you going to be there? <laughs> Like, you know, you want to come or something? It's like, no. No. <laughs> and I don't want to. And why not? Yeah. Because I just, I just don't want to. It's been a long week. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. I can't commit to, what, what would you rather me say? That like, oh, I wish I could, you know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever. It's like, no. I don't It's wish nothing I could. personal. Yeah. You just don't want to go. Yeah. I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. Right. It's know? like, I need time for me. Yeah. And I need a lot of time for me. And sometimes people are going to have feelings about that, that you're not putting them first, mm -hmm. but that's not your problem. That's their problem. Like they have to process through their feelings yeah. about your boundaries. It's not up to you. Like, yeah, people's feelings are going to get hurt. Welcome to life. Yeah. Like, sorry, but here's your permission to hurt people's feelings sometimes because they're going to be hurt. If yeah, you're I'm doing pretty bad at that. Good. Boundaries and me just don't get along. We um, can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I offer free boundary yeah. coaching. So. Okay, good to know. <laughs> it's well, just such I mean, an important thing. It is. I know how important it is. It really yeah. is. Because, like, you know, especially, like, now I want to be there for, like, so many of these women, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, I have to make sure my recovery also yeah. is front of the line. And, mm -hmm. like, I can't give every single piece of yeah. me. I can give most of me, but I have to, like... You have to have enough to give. Yeah. It's like that overflow analogy. Mm -hmm. Like you have to give from the overflow. Like you have to make sure your cup still has some in it. Yeah. And I mean, if it helps, you can always remind yourself that you are teaching them how to behave. Yeah. You know, like you're teaching them that they get to say, no, I can't give you this energy because yeah. I need it for me, for my recovery mm -hmm. or for my whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think like that is one thing that I see in women a lot, like a lot of women who give too much and end up in these like situations where yeah. whether it's addiction or in relationships where they're constantly taking advantage of like whatever it is it's that mentality of like i have to give because my value is in giving mm -hmm. like you have your own mm -hmm. value and you have to take care of yourself yeah. first and helping these women start to do that mm -hmm. is going to be a really big part of your job yeah <laughs> so yep. it starts with you doing yeah. it for yourself first yep. you know that's valid <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no it'll be it'll be good for me on a personal level too just mm -hmm. because uh, you know that's one thing but i'm also you know, they say do the things that make you uncomfortable, right? Right. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and conflict makes me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, 
And I, I have a feeling there might be a little bit of conflict living with eight women. You know what I mean? Just a little bit. Um, living with eight humans in general. In is general. Cause conflict, yeah. But so. Yeah. Um, Just a bunch of hens pecking away. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I mean, eight people with their own no, it doesn't struggles even matter the and dramas. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't. Like, so the, the conflict thing, I'm really going to have to, but I think by the end of it, like it will teach me, right? Yeah. Like this is going to be a great learning lesson for me too, which is mm-hmm. kind of why I pushed myself to do it too, is because there's still a lot of things like I have to learn and I have to do and grow in my recovery. And mm-hmm. this is going to be a great tool for me to do that. So like learning how to deal with conflict, not people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. That's going to be a big one. Like standing my ground, you know, I... I'm bad at saying no, right? And I'm gonna have to say no, you yeah, know, like a these, because these aren't my rules and guidelines. These are right. guiding lights. I'm here to help enforce them, right? So, I need to stick by what they their standards that mm-hmm. they're setting because it's important because they're setting them for a reason. You know, they yeah. put all these in place for the women because they care about the women. I'm there because I care about the women, but they might not always see it that way, right? You know what I mean? Um, I've been there. But so between those things and I've never been in like a leadership role, um, mm-hmm. I've always gotten a job, learned how to do it and done it really well. Mm-hmm. Always been a great employee. I think a lot of addicts are, honestly, um, we're yeah. really hard workers. And so I've always been in that role, but I've never been a like in a leading role where like I have to author- like be the authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. And so that's new to me too. So a lot of this stuff's new to me too. And I've been honest with the women that are there now. I tell them like, listen, this is new for me. I've never been on this side of it before. I've always been where you're sitting. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a little uncomfortable for me to have to do some of these things, but I have to. Yeah. And I think being a little transparent like that, I don't know. It helps me at least being a little transparent. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I'm just trying to be honest and do the best that I can. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you're doing a great job. Yeah. Things have been going up. really well. Good. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We got a few more slots to fill. And Always dug with the we'll, we'll see. We'll check back in when it's full. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I think it'd be really cool to have you like right now you have you have two people you said you have two women in the program Mm -hmm. so we have two women right now there's eight spots total in that one yes okay yes and then there's a second house right but so once they fill the first one they'll start working on the second Mm -hmm. so we'll have to have you back when you fill the first is there a house manager at the second house not in the in the moment is there gonna be i believe so presumably i guess yeah yeah. Cool. Presumably. You would think. Yeah. yeah. But they probably will wait smaller, until they actually have. So oh. if they had a house, I was actually going to ask Brian about this. If they have a house manager live there, I think they might only be able to take three people because there's four bedrooms and mm-hmm. they're only big enough for one person. Mm-hmm. I think they were talking about it maybe being a step down house. A step or, down um, or a step. The, ap- you're the first part. Yeah. Right. right. And then yeah. right. after yeah. maybe like. The women so that then are they like graduate. Yeah, yeah I hope like I That'd hope cool. when we open the I hope when we open the recovery program that we can get our hands on apartments and stuff yeah. like that, you know, because I think that's really important. Yeah. But, you know, I for now too. we got a house. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. we just got to work on filling that first. We'll, we'll, Baby steps I mean, for now. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can help if you want to learn more. Yeah. If you know somebody who's looking for it, we'll have the info in the show notes. Yeah. It's it's all a it's all a NIMBY problem, really. 
NIMBY. I don't like, know. Like, no, just like, well, we, we had, uh, we were not sure if we were going to get approval from the, from the city. And oh, from right. like, And you have to make sure oh. that you get, like, the neighborhood is okay with it and stuff like that. Gotcha. So, like, yeah, it's not, as, it's not as easy as just yeah. buying a property, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then having it Isn't for crazy? recovery housing. I mean, no, you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand where people are coming from, you know yeah. what I mean? I I just always think this is pretty really vehemently disagree with it, but right. like, you know, because I didn't I don't want realize. a bunch of crack addicts living <laughs> in my house. Well, so they were going to put up these. <laughs> They're not apartments. living in your house. Yeah, <laughs> they were putting up these apartments near my neighborhood. And I remember they had to send like because they were going to be uh, like subsidized housing or like yeah, income based eight. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like. I remember them sending multiple letters to our house because wow. they were doing like a town hall meeting where everybody could come talk about whether or not they agreed. Not with on my it. watch. Yeah. And it was, I was, I was like amazed and appalled at the fact that they had to. I mean, inform I people of it. Yeah, like yeah. they have to tell everybody, like, oh, we're we're gonna do this, and I'm like, we need more in this city. So yeah, like, I know. But then and but then people are so mad about it. We They're see like, a, not here. Yeah, we see all these apartment buildings going up, and it's like, yeah, I wonder how much the studios are gonna be there. They're like sixteen hundred a month. Yeah, it's just yeah. fifteen sixteen hundred a month yeah. is market rate for studio for like apartment. a room smaller than this. Yeah, like yeah. a New York City apartment. It's like they well, think even we're in, in New York Rapids, City. Like, no, that's what I mean. Like yeah. here, they're oh, right. doing like, like New York City that, apartment yeah. I know. rent. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Ins- it's insane. I'm like, it's not sustainable. know where we are, it can't right? Go on. I hope not. I don't yeah. know. Who the, it can't who knows? be sustainable. Oh, it isn't. You know, like there's just there's no way. well, the thing is, is like there's an incentive for people to just buy these properties as an investment, and then yeah. nobody lives there. And it's just like there has to be. I don't know. We could go on for days we about could. that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> we probably have to. Wrap her up at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, thanks so much yeah. for being here. Of course, this it was a really, really good episode. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice to talk about uh, the new and exciting women's program. Spilling I think it's really exciting um, that they're doing this. So I'm pumped. It's been really awesome. I'm, to talk I'm, about it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Seriously. yeah. And I've heard from so many people who are also really excited in the recovery community in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Where it's like you know, it's about time. It's just the yeah. beginning. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm. Yeah. I was really. When our new exe- when Brian, our new executive director, took over, I guess it was like must have been a year and a half ago now. It's been a we minute. We were like kind of at we were at a crossing roads where it was like, are we going to? Because we used to have a back to work program, which was another program that was only for mm-hmm. men, where people could live here as a in shelter, mm-hmm. and they could as long as they had a job and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they could save up money and find it. We'd help them with a down payment on an apartment or house or something like that. But like, um, that was dedicated most like specifically to you know unhoused and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like, the recovery program was always just kind of off in the corner. And yeah, you know, we physically kinda, in the building. We kind of got to we, well, which is to our advantage because we kind of got to do our own thing. It's yeah. not why a lot of people were donating to us as a nonprofit. And we've really decided to just go full bore and be like, okay, we're we're going to be dedicated to providing substance abuse treatment to people. Yeah, recovery. Yeah, so it's a huge. I mean, that's a gap. Like, not that the unhoused aren't also a gap in the community because they're definitely. But there's plenty. But there's. But. but the the big issue is that we didn't want to do duplication of services. Yeah. And nobody else is. You know, it's like we said in the beginning. It's like you know. 
I didn't have $10,000 lying around for me to go to treatment for 30 right. days. You know what I mean? There's like, nothing out this place there was, like what This place was the does. end yeah. of the line for me. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was this or, like, I yeah. was going to die Like, for soon. the residential part of the program, like, the the inpatient or whatever. Oh, for four months? For that's, four like, months so much. That's so that's much insane. money at most places. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Or, you know, there's other free treatment programs but they're exploitative and you yeah know, like you have to like work for their names. business or yeah. whatever yeah exactly yeah. i think people, <laughs> y'all know who people know about. who we're talking about <laughs> if you know <laughs> you know if you don't google it yeah. like <laughs> yeah but yeah this it, it is really cool i was really excited when they started yeah talking about it when there were murmurs of yeah. the, the women's program it's really cool like, that it's finally happening yeah. yeah and i think it's really cool that they're doing it in a way that's very like intentional mm-hmm. like you know, opening up the sober housing first yeah. instead of going like straight into like, we're just yeah. going to duplicate the men's program yeah. and put women in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of like, let's be honest, not a lot of nonprofits in general take the time to like slowly ramp up yeah. and like really do Make it sure in a way right. that's yeah. really intentional. Well, yeah. But also it's really cool that we're actually doing it. Like yeah. as somebody who's, I mean, I've worked for Guiding Light for two and a half years and I've seen a lot of changes happen here. And I can yeah. tell you at least the way it kind of used to operate was there was a lot of talking and nothing ever happened. You know yeah, what I mean? So the fact that this is the fact that this is actually not just being talked about, but is mm-hmm. like actively in the works, like we're actually looking for a facility to buy and stuff like that is something I'm actually excited about. So, yeah, yeah. yeah really Doug cool. doesn't get excited too often. No, not no, really. Doesn't. It's hard to get him excited. I'm excited about a lot of things. Yeah. I just don't show it. Show it. Yeah. I'm not aware of what my face does. It doesn't show excitement. <laughs> not a lot. That's, yeah. No. Well, or like I don't know. People. Anyway, people ask me. It's like, oh, you're excited about. You're happy about something, or like, oh, what is you know having a, an okay day? It's like literally, it's just the same. I have the same thing going on in, in my face. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people think they can read my emotions. Like, no, there's nothing going on in here. Literally. Like <laughs> nothing. Oh, I'm supposed to be happy. Here's. You know, here's my happy face. <laughs> it's like uh, that cartoon character that you tell them to smile and they try and you're like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful to be a part of cool. the women's program as well. And I'm really looking forward to what happens with it in the future. Well, we're glad to I'll have be back it. with an update. Okay, yeah. Cool. Stay tuned. I All love right. it. Oh, yeah. Sweet. See you later. Bye. Oh, bye. I thought we were physically (laughs) leaving.